0: This is the Pipeline Podcast, where you'll get to know the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre.
1: Welcome to the Pipeline Podcast. Great to have you back with me. I am fired up for this week's episode because we had a great conversation with Trey Fix-Walanski. I can't wait for you guys to hear from the Blue Jackets prospect. And, you know, if you've been with me on the Pipeline Podcast from the start, way back when, a couple seasons ago, in uh, our first iteration of the Pipeline Podcast— Trey fix wolanski was one of the players that we talked to way back then. At that point, it was a little bit more of a get-to-know-you type conversation with Trey Fix-Wolansky. Now it's more of a checkup. How are you doing? What's the progress look like? What's your development look like as you try to become a member of the Blue Jackets someday? And that's why I really enjoyed this conversation, because Trey, to me, he's changed a lot since back then. He's a pro through and through. You're going to hear about it from not just him, but also the Blue Jackets directly. Director of Player Personnel and Cleveland Monsters, General Manager Chris Clark. This is a guy that's really grown up a lot in this organization, so I'm really eager to see what Trey fix Wolanski is able to do, not just the rest of this season, but really these next couple of seasons going forward as well. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Trey, he's a 5'7", 186-pound right wing from Edmonton, Alberta, 22 years old. He was a 7th-round draft pick, 204th overall by the Blue Jackets back in the 2018 and NHL entry draft, In at that point, the feeling was this is a guy that can really score. He led his junior team, the Edmonton Oil Kings, in scoring the year that he got drafted by the Blue Jackets. He's a guy that that can really play. He's just a little bit undersized at 5'7", but you're going to hear it from him. You're going to hear it from Chris Clark. He's able to produce no matter what. The one thing for Trey fix Wolanski that has been a bugaboo so far in the Blue Jackets organization is is just bad injury luck. He dealt with a big groin injury his first year in the Blue Jackets organization. Then last season, he suffered a torn ACL that allowed him only nine games. That torn ACL recovery cut into some time this season with the Blue Jackets AHL affiliate, the Cleveland Monsters, but he's been playing since then. He's recovered and he's nearly at a point per game pace right now. And if you look at his total numbers throughout his time in the Blue Jackets organization, he still hasn't played 100 total games, but he's scoring it essentially a 30 goal pace in a regular 82 game season so that's the type of player that he is he's fast he's shifty he's chippy he likes to play physical but he can also put the puck in the back of the net so a really really exciting player for the columbus blue jackets organization especially considering that they were able to grab him in the seventh round so why don't we get right into things with trey fix walansky a guy that like i said has spent some time in this organization he's dealt with adversity but he sounds great now a positive attitude and I can't wait to see him with the Blue Jackets someday. All right, Trey, so let's begin with the obvious. You've been in the Blue Jackets organization for quite a while now. You were drafted by the team in 2018, but despite that, you've only been able to play 69 games as a pro, and that's just because you've had bad injury luck. So starting there, I mean, how have you dealt with that? Because that's got to be really, really hard for a young player like you trying to make your way and prove yourself in an organization.
0: Yeah, it's been tough for sure. I mean, I haven't just, I haven't let it get the best of me. I think I've kind of tried to keep um, an even keel and my head in the right area. I think um, you can never let the highs get too high and the lows get too low, but obviously starting my career, I missed um, the first kind of half of the year with a groin injury and then um, came back and kind of started to get my feet under me. And then we had the, the COVID break and honestly um I put a lot of work in during that break off ice and on the ice to, um, you know, come into camp in really good shape and, and perform and try and make the team. And, um, you know, I thought I had a really good camp and unfortunately things just didn't uh, pan out for me. Um, and then came down to Cleveland and started having a really good year. I thought, um, you know, I was possessing the puck well and, um, making plays that I needed to make and, um, kind of playing the way that I needed to play. And then, Um, nine games in I tore my ACL and um, you know that was really tough that was kind of the first big big injury my first surgery so um, I wasn't sure what to expect but I had a lot of great um, support around me and uh, they really helped me out Um, my trainer back home um, the trainers down here in Cleveland everyone around me just uh, helped me stay positive and told me that I was uh, gonna be stronger when when it all came came to the to an end so um, you know I found this year coming back to games it was a little bit a little bit tough at the start um, just getting the timing and stuff but I felt like um, as the games went on I was progressing and um, my knee was progressing and I was starting to play the way that I knew I could play and um, you know I was I was playing really well and then unfortunately against Rockford on Friday I dislocated my finger. so um, I'm gonna be out for thankfully only a week but um, still something you don't want to happen but you know, sometimes you got to fight and (laughs) stuff happens. So, um, no, I'm just really excited to, I've actually been skating the past two days and, um, it's been feeling good. So I'm pretty sure I'm able to play on Monday. So, um, it's only going to be about a week.
1: You know, you've already dealt with everything you just talked about very early in your professional hockey career is in a strange way. Do you feel like that this has maybe made you better? Because you've talked about you know, the, I mean, the heart that you've had to, had to have to deal with this, you know, the mental strength, the physical strength to rehab through all this. So do you feel like maybe you've come
0: out a better person and player for some of the adversity that you've had to go through? I feel like definitely mentally, it made me a lot stronger. Um, You know, I I listen to my body a lot better now, Um, just the way it feels. I feel like I take care of my body a lot better now. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that, um, with that comes a little bit more uh, of a healthy body and a little bit more success and just being able to, you know, play multiple 30, 40, 50 games in a row.
1: And that's something that I, I remember you and I talking about a long time ago, right around the time that you entered this organization. Maybe it was after your first season as a pro in Cleveland. And that was really your emphasis, right, was getting your body right and, and learning those professional habits. So, And I talked to Chris Clark about it actually earlier today. And he said, yeah, that's not really a worry for you whatsoever now that that you're on top of that. And um, I'm just curious, what are some of the other things now that, you know, that's really a part of your game and a part of your lifestyle? What are some of the other things
0: that you've been working on as you try to make the Blue Jackets here? Um, Definitely one thing that I've always tried to work on is my shiftiness and quickness. I think the way that the NHL game is being played now, it's a lot of speed and skill. And as a smaller player, obviously, you're not gonna uh, get the benefit of the doubt sometimes. So you have to kind of go out of your way, play a little physical, get to the corners quicker and, um, you know, perform on the offensive side of things, but also be able to take care of your own zone. And I think as my years have come about, um, I feel like my defensive game has uh, come around quite a bit. And um, I think just rounding on, rounding out my offensive game, that's been super important for me. I think, um, you know, getting opportunity on the power play um, four-on-four, three-on-three overtime, stuff like that, just getting the opportunity and being able to make plays, that's been super important for me. And I um, I feel like I've kind of been able to, to play the way that I want to play this year. And um, that's really all I could have asked for coming off the knee surgery. Is it safe to say that you've adapted pretty well and feel
1: comfortable in the pro game now? Because, I mean, you look at your numbers, and and even going back to your first season, you had a pretty good first season in Cleveland numbers-wise. But since then, you're just about a point-per-game player in your last two seasons. I know it hasn't necessarily been a lot of games, but, you know, you've come back from injury and been able to contribute essentially right away. So that tells me that, yeah, you're
0: probably feeling pretty good about being a pro and playing the pro style. Yeah, I feel very comfortable I think my first year was a little bit of an eye opener, just, um, you know, the speed and skill and physicality of guys. It's the second best league in the world, you know, so you're going to be playing against the uh, mid twenties, upper uh, twenties guys. And I was just a 20 year old that first year. So it was kind of op- eye opening for me. And I really learned a lot of things from guys on my team and just watching games um, throughout the league and uh, other teams that would come into our building and their top players. And, I think just being a visual learner, that's what's helped me so far. Um, And, you know, I just, I do watch a lot of hockey um, in the meantime, a lot of NHL games. And I think that's also really helped me just um, watching some of the best players and what they can do on the ice. I feel like visually seeing that, it kind of gives me like, makes me want to try things. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. And, you know, I want to ask you, I guess, two different questions within the same question here. You mentioned some of those guys that, you know you've looked up to and that have helped your game in Cleveland so first who are some of those players that you've built relationships with that you feel like has helped your game and then you also talked about you know watching guys in the league who are some of those guys that you watch in the league now and, and maybe model yourself after a little bit
0: yeah my uh my first year was really nice having uh Gerby and, and Dalpe around and then last year obviously Gerbs was around for for most of the year as well. And I think just seeing him as an undersized guy and the success that he's had and the way he plays when he plays a game, I just tried to take a lot of those things and um, entered into my game. And, you know, it's kind of been helping out so far. So um, just edge work and uh, shiftiness with the puck. He was one of the best on our team at it. So I just tried to learn from that and um, put it into my game. But um, in the NHL, obviously growing up, Uh, in Edmonton I watched a lot of Connor McDavid um, and before that it was Sidney Crosby but I'll still watch every Oilers game just to watch um, McDavid and Dreisaitl because I think they are two of the best offensive juggernauts in the league and um, you really can learn um, some pretty special skills from them if you if you watch closely.
1: Where do you think that you've grown the most as a player you know maybe off the ice maybe on the ice since joining the Blue Jackets organization because you know, we talked about kind of the, the pro habits, taking care of your body, things like that. I also remember talking with you about, you know, that shiftiness, you wanted to be able to win battles in the corners. And you mentioned the edge work, obviously, McDavid is one of the best when it comes to yeah. the National Hockey League. I mean, even in the history of the game. So is it a culmination of things like that? Or do you feel that maybe there's one area that has really, really developed since you were in junior and now has made you ready to make that leap to the NHL?
0: Um, I think, uh, my offensive ability and skating has always been pretty good, but I feel like over the last couple of years, my skating edge work, um, stuff like that has kind of taken off and, um, you know, I find myself kind of making plays sometimes that I'm kind of wowed about. Um, and I think that's really a good thing because it shows me that I'm using my creativity and, um, you know, as an undersized offensive player, you kind of have to be creative in order to get noticed. And I think that's been the biggest part of my game is just being confident in myself and the plays that I can make and, um, you know, making them when the time is right, but also being able to just hold on to the puck and battle it out if, if the time isn't right. And that's where I've grown, I think, just making the right play at the right time. Well, with that in mind, let me ask you about the NHL
1: nowadays because there's guys like Jack Hughes or Trevor Zegers that we've already seen this season, young players trying, you know, things that I guess the old guard in hockey isn't necessarily that fond of, right? It's, it's yeah. stuff. It's creative stuff. But, you know I, know, I know your build is a little bit different than those guys, but they are smaller guys, a little bit slighter, um, Hughes more so than Zegers. Zegers is obviously a, a little bit taller of a guy and can fill out some more. But does – does seeing young guys in the National Hockey League trying things like that, does that give you some confidence in a way where it's like, okay, it's been done, and maybe I can take some inspiration from that, or maybe I can try things that I haven't even seen that I think I have in my toolbox, and maybe it'll work, and maybe that'll get me noticed?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We actually just had Tyler Angle the other night. He scored a Michigan goal, and uh, I was really happy for him because, um, you know, you have to try those things when when the time is right, and um, just the same thing as uh, Zegers putting it over to Milano. I think that was a great play. Like obviously they scored on it, so you can't really get mad about it. Um, and I don't know if like, I'm not, I would say I would do that kind of flashy stuff, but I prefer just like making a nice play, um, nice saucer pass or like something like that. Um, I think a Brad Marchand kind of guy is like who I like to watch because I am a little bit more physical and chippy than say a Zgris or Jack Hughes and um, Marshawn, he seems to have success because he plays with a lot of skill, but also guys hate playing against them because he's just a little rat. So, um, you know, I try, I've kind of been trying over the last couple of years to add more of that into my game. I had it a little bit in junior. Um, I think that's just junior though. It's, it's the way it is. And, um, in pro it's a lot different. There's a lot bigger, stronger guys. So, um you know, you can't shy away from anything. If you need to give a cross check here or there, you have to give a cross check here and there.
1: Yeah. And that certainly plays in the modern game, right? I mean, Marchand, you look at the guys who are, you know, top five, top 10 in the league in scoring the past 10 or so seasons, Marchand's right there. And he's one of the only guys that really plays with that little bit of chippiness, I guess, in this game. And that certainly, that certainly plays in the National Hockey League nowadays. I know it's not as physical of a league necessarily as it used to be, or guys aren't fighting as much, but I mean, in some respect, players that play like that are a little bit more valuable. You look at a guy like Tom Wilson on Washington. He's obviously huge, but yeah. you know, he's a guy that plays with that snarl in his game, and he can also score, and he's made him a first-round pick, and he's a really valuable player. People hate playing against him. So you're right in saying that, and I think that's interesting, and I think that's something that will excite Blue Jackets fans because... That, that type of player seems to always be a fan favorite and, and find success in this organization. But yeah, but you bring up Tyler Angle there and, you know, maybe there are some similarities between you guys as players as well. I don't know what you think about that. But what's the dynamic been like in Cleveland this year? It's a it's a pretty good mix, I feel like, of veteran guys and then some of the younger Blue Jackets prospects that are really looking for a shot in the NHL.
0: Yeah, I think it's been a really good mix this year. We've all came together really quickly. Everyone gels with everyone. Um, Bus rides are always fun, and the room is always light. Um, Obviously, we've kind of been on a little bit of a skid here lately, so um, things are a little bit more uptight around the room and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's kind of nice to sometimes go through skids like this. You kind of learn how you need to play in order to win, and, you know, if you win every game, you're never going through adversity. Sometimes adversity is, is all you need, and, it, and it's a little kick in the butt in order for us to get, get going. So I'm hoping over the weekend and um, this next, these next couple of weeks we can string together some wins and um, kind of get out of this little lull.
1: Kind of like the Oilers and the Blue Jackets themselves, right? You're watching yeah. the <laughs> Oilers games. They're dealing with the same thing, and the Blue Jackets <laughs> are kind of dealing with it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, last thing I'll ask you here Trey and I appreciate the time as always. Um, you know, what's next for you do you think? Like I said I talked to Chris Clark and he says that he just wants to to see you be able to play more games and string some games together and then you'll potentially get your shot with the Blue Jackets, right? As long as you keep producing the way that you have in your uh, brief pro career. But in your eyes, is it kind of the same thing? Are you working on some other things? What is, a, what is the next season or what is the rest of this season, I really should say, in the future, these next couple of months look like for you?
0: Yeah, um, I think just like Clark, you said, I, I want to string together games. I want to keep producing the way I can. I want to play physical. Um, I want to play with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, a little, a little snarly um and you know hope to get noticed enough to get called up because that ultimately is my main goal um I think Columbus is a great organization and they treat us really well in Cleveland so um you know I want to play in Columbus and I want to play in Columbus this year so that's that's my goal all
1: right Trey well like I said thanks very much for the time and here's hoping that you and I are, are having a conversation in person a little bit sooner rather than later right yeah let's hope so you see what I mean? There's just some confidence about Trey Fix Wolansky now, and that's not necessarily to say that he wasn't confident the last time that I talked to him a couple of seasons ago, but he just sounds good. He sounds positive, and, you know, he talked about it in that interview. He's been through a lot already in his young pro career, but I think he's better for it, and he essentially said as much. He feels that he's a better person, a better player. He's mentally stronger for everything that he's had to go through, the groin injury, the ACL injury, And something that I think is really impressive is that every time he's come back from an injury— he manages to pick up right where he left off. He's producing points. He's being a good teammate. He's chipping in offensively. He's chipping in defensively. He's being a physical presence. He's being that pest that he wants to be in the National Hockey League someday. So I just like Trey Fix a lot. It's it's I can't I don't even know how to put it into words really. I just like him as a player, and I'm really excited to see what he's able to do the rest of this season. And hopefully he does get that shot with the Blue Jackets later on this year. And a guy who might have some insight into that is who we're gonna bring. Bring in right now that's the Blue Jackets director of player personnel and the Cleveland Monsters general manager Chris Clark I'm sure a lot of Blue Jackets fans are familiar with Trey Fix he was drafted by this organization a few years ago he's had some time you know in Blue Jackets camp in Cleveland with the Monsters but he's also had some bad luck in his pro career to start he's dealt with injury a lot I mean you think about that first season that he had and I think it took him a while to get accustomed to the pro game and then when he did he kind of started to get going and he gets hurt the next year. Um, he was a point per game when he got hurt and now he's back this season and he's off to a really nice start after uh, recovering from his knee injury. So can you just kind of tell us what the last few years have been like for Trey Fix Yeah
2: you know I know it's I know it's been really frustrating for him uh, as a player because once he gets going and, and Hits his stride. It seems like he's he's had some setbacks, uh, which he has, but he's taken those and you know in stride. They were very disappointing for him at first, but he you know he recovered from them, came out flying again this year. Um, Delayed start to his season, like you said, uh, with his knee injury. But once he got going, he was he was good. Um, You know he's he's a dynamic player. He's a guy that leads our offense. Uh, He's a guy that's uh, really good on the power play. Um, but he's also, even though his size, you know, he's a little bit smaller. He doesn't shy away from going in front of the net and sticking up for his teammates and, and, and plugging in the corner. So he's been a great addition to our team this year. You know, the second half of our first half of the season.
1: What's the development process been like with him from the start? Because you know, it was obviously he's an undersized player for the National Hockey League, like you said. We see more and more guys his size finding success in the NHL nowadays, but. If I remember correctly, it was about fitness for him at the start, that he needed to be in a little bit better shape to become a pro, and he got there, and unfortunately, he gets hurt. So has that development process changed at all for him throughout the course of his time in this organization, or is it kind of the same as it was at the start?
2: Same as it was in the start. Like I said, he, he's, been, he's been great um, with, his, uh, with his fitness and all that stuff. That's not even been a problem, That we're not even worried about that anymore. He's a, he's a pro right now. He thinks like a pro. He goes about his day-to-day like a pro. Um, so he's been very very good that way it's just we need to get him into games we'd love to have him up and he will be up he will be in a blue jacket uniform um, not too long but he needs you know he's only played handful of games over the past couple years because of covid last year and the delayed start and then this year with his delayed start Um, so we just need to get him pro games under his belt and once he does that once he gets up to speed and, and you know we want him here we don't want him going back down we want him When he gets here, we want him uh, to be here for good if, if, if that happens.
1: I mean, how frustrating is that for you? Obviously, you're the general manager of the Monsters, so you want to see that team succeed. But on top of that, it's all about player development, right? And you want to see those guys succeed and make it to the Blue Jackets and stick here. So that has to be frustrating, not just for you, but for this entire organization where... You maybe find a gem in a guy like Trey Fixelansky in the seventh round when he's drafted. And I think that was kind of consensus around the scouting community at that point that, yeah, this guy's undersized, but he can score. And it's just been a lot of bad luck for him. Is that frustrating for the organization and for you as a guy that wants to see him succeed?
2: Yeah, I think it's more frustrating for him. Yeah. Um, we see it. It happens. Um, but, but for a guy like him where he knows he was playing at his best, a lot of those times, the couple times that he did get injured, it's the type of thing where he's been you know at full strength, full ready to go and all that um, and, and ready to make his mark and then these injuries uh, set him back you know but it's like you said, it is bad luck injuries. it's nothing to do with his performance or put himself in a bad situation or wasn't ready for the, the league. it's just one of those things where it was just bad luck. Um, that's something he's going to overcome, it and he's going to be uh, he's going to be here soon.
1: It's got to say something about him as a player, though, right? That every time he's been hurt and had this bad luck, every time that he comes back, it's like he picks up right where he left off. That's got to be a good sign for you, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. That's that's a that's the type of mentality. He is. like I said, he was disappointed at first, but once he gets over that, he's you know he's he, he says he's going to come back stronger than ever um, and be ready to go when he does come back. So he's been he's done that those few times that it's happened. You've talked about him a
1: little bit as a player, but for Blue Jackets fans that might be unfamiliar with his game, what does he bring? Because there's the offense, but you're talking about maybe some scrappiness too. Where do you think he fits into a lineup with that in mind?
2: Yeah, you know, he's a he's type of player that's going to do what it takes. He's not going to be one-dimensional. For him to be at his best, he's not just an offensive player. He's going to be able to you know, back-check, and he's got explosiveness. He's dynamic. He's got great moves. He's got a heck of a shot, all that stuff. So he's got a lot. He can't rely on one little thing. Um, like I said, skating is is quick, he's shifty, He's a, and he's the type of guy that'll go and get his own pucks. He doesn't wait in the slot for someone else to go get him. Um, he's not just an off-the-rush type of guy. He's the guy that's going to do a lot of little things for his success.
1: You know, he had a ton of success in Edmonton when he was playing junior hockey, led that team in scoring in his final year there. Is the difference between him being a much higher draft pick just the size alone?
2: Uh, I think so that's just something and it's something that we've you know we don't if, if a guy can play he can play you know and I, I think most of the league is getting that way and you know he was drafted a few years ago but I think at this point the league is is back to you know if you can play you can play it doesn't matter what size you are um, and I think it's the size of the heart that we saw and it wasn't the size of the player so I think that's, the, that's been the biggest thing with him and why we drafted him.
1: Has he gotten better year after year? You look at those numbers in the American Hockey League, and I know there are less games than you would like there, but do you think that he's gotten better and better the more that you've been able to see him play?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Because he's more of a, you know, in junior you get you get away with more things if you're a skilled player, but he's he's now a pro, and it it, it takes some pros two or three years to figure that out. But it, it didn't take him long to all right. This is how you play the pro game. This is if I want more ice time, I have to play a full you know full 200 foot game so he's definitely figured that out and he's he has gotten better each year with that too.
1: I know you guys might not like answering this question because it puts pressure on a player it's you know hard to find somebody but does his game remind you of anybody in the league you know past or present?
2: Um, you know one of the guys that we have in our organization that just comes to mind was Nathan Gerby you know he's he's that similar spark plug type of player that can he can change a shift like that because he can be dynamic he can go one-on-one but he can also you know if someone is messing with him he can throw a big hit like he's a he's a little ball of uh i would say a little ball of hate because that's pat Verbeek. so that's 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 old school but he he has that mentality where he can go in and and finish just as well as uh you know on the board just as well as in front of the net
1: well, that's great. I'm sure Blue Jackets fans are excited to hear that because you've seen the response that Nathan Gerby has gotten whenever he's been up with the Blue Jackets the past few years. Do they have a relationship at all? I know, you know, Gerby has been a big leader um, with the Cleveland team. He, he's been hurt, but do those guys have a relationship?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, the last couple of years, you know, Gerbs is a great guy that way. He's, he's the type of guy that's he wants to be here, but when he's in Cleveland, he's a guy that's helping out our young guys and, and doing all those things. So you kind of gravitate towards guys like-minded guys and I think they they definitely you know are good friends that way.
1: Last thing I'll ask you Chris and as always really appreciate the time you mentioned earlier that you know Trafix Wolanski will be here sooner rather than later and you want him to stick here what makes you think that he'll be able to do that because we see so often guys are maybe not quite ready for the National Hockey League or things just don't work out but it sounds like you have that hope for him where when he's here it's likely that he could stay.
2: Right. Just because, you know, last couple of years he was ready and it's just bad timing with his injuries and, and things like that. So I think, you know, once he gets strings a bunch of games together and gets up to speed and is 100 percent, you know, that's where I think because I think he has the heart to want to make it. And I think he's he's going to do whatever it takes. You know, whatever his ceiling is, he's going to get to it uh, personally for him. So that's, that'll be good to see.
1: Again, that's the Blue Jackets Director of Player Personnel and Cleveland Monsters General Manager Chris Clark. And I always really enjoy talking to Chris. It's it's just an easy conversation with him talking about the Blue Jackets prospects in Cleveland. And he obviously has to have a great grasp on the Blue Jackets organization and the players within it as the uh, director of player personnel in the organization. But the guys in Cleveland specifically, he gets to see them play a ton. Those are the guys that are the closest to getting their NHL shot, whether it's Trey Fix, Wolanski, or other Blue Jackets prospects like a Liam Foodie or a Tyler Angle who looked really good in the preseason with the Blue Jackets. And he's a guy that can have an honest conversation about these guys, tell you where they are in their development you what they need to do and quite honestly what he thinks about them and and where they're going to go within this Blue Jackets organization and you heard him right there he sounds like he's really high on Trey Fix Wolanski and that's part of the reason that I am so excited about Trey Fix Wolanski you talk about or you hear Chris talk about you know the heart that Trey Fix Wolanski has or the comparisons to Nathan Gerby the relationship that those two have had with uh Gerby and Cleveland and and Trey Fix Wilanski in Cleveland as well. That all is really exciting to me. And he seems like a player that will just fit with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So with that in mind, I want to say thanks again to Chris Clark. And of course, a great big thank you to Trey Fix-Wolanski for taking time out of his busy schedule up in Cleveland to talk to me this week on the Pipeline podcast. I'm so excited about him. I I just want the best for Trey Fix-Wolanski because, again, he has had to deal with a lot early on in his pro career. So I'm excited to see him eventually get this shot with the Blue Jackets. And like Chris said, Hopefully, Trey Fix-Wilansky is able to stick in Columbus and be a big difference maker as well. As always, I'd like to say thank you for joining me this week on the Pipeline Podcast. You are why I do it. I, uh, I want Blue Jackets fans to know about these prospects, be excited about these prospects, because that's what it's all about, right? You want to see the Blue Jackets continue to have success down the road, and you're not going to do it without uh, growing guys within your own organization. So I love talking to these prospects and uh, helping you guys get to know them just a little bit better. So that will do it this week on the Pipeline Podcast. Absolutely cannot wait to talk to you guys next time.